Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Hey guys, welcome back. We are going to be covering Miss Marvel episode two today. If this sounds a little different, it's Katie. Taylor could not make it today, so we are joined with our lovely guest, Davis, once again. Hello, hello. Glad to be back on the podcast. Oh yeah. I mean, if you guys have, I know if you've been listening, you've definitely heard him on a couple of other things, so definitely check out those other episodes that he's been on. He'll be around and we enjoy having him here so (laughs) we're excited we're excited to cover episode two so i guess to start off what were your overall thoughts of the episode i thought it was great and i uh, by far it's one of my favorite episodes not just for miss marvel but just for marvel shows in general i just i really liked it a lot and i I really enjoy how colorful these episodes are, and it was it was cool to see that a lot of what I liked from episode one was carried into episode two, like the creative ways that they display when they're tech when the characters are texting. The VFX are amazing. So right off the bat in the second episode, I I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the first, and I think we got a lot of character development. Not only for Kamala, but also for the side characters like Bruno, uh, Nakia, even even her family. So I really like how they just kind of hit the ground running in episode two and just kind of continued all these storylines. And I feel like, you know, a couple of the characters even grew a lot, even in just the second episode itself. But I, I really did like it. Yeah, I have to say, I don't know if I got to mention it last week and, and if it ever came out of my mouth, but... I definitely, even from last week's episode, pinpointed I love the way that they do the camera and all of the effects, like you said. I think it really shows how Kamala's mind works, and I love that. I like that I feel like I understand where she is and what she's thinking and how she views the world, and we're seeing it from her perspective. So that's definitely one of my favorite things that I've been seeing so far. As for this episode, I liked being able to get the background My only thing, and this might just be a a complaint to complain, but I did wish that we moved a little bit quicker in the first half of the episode, just because I felt like we were doing a lot of setup. And I remember kind of just sitting there clicking my phone like, oh, we're halfway through the episode. Is something going to happen? That would be my only complaint was that I just expected a little bit more coming into the episode. But I mean, I loved where it ended up going. So I'm not going to really complain about that. Yeah, and I I agree. When I said hit the ground running, I just meant just a continuation of what I enjoyed in the in the first episode. I really liked how Kamala was just super confident in that first intro scene, correcting <laughs> her teacher, which is was a great contrast from the first episode where she was very shy. Not to say nerdy, because I guess yes, nerdy. Uh, <laughs> but she was way more assertive in the beginning of the second episode, and I really love that contrast because it just shows how she's growing as a character. But I thought it was interesting because I thought I was confused. Like I don't know how, what you, what you thought about this, but I, was it because she was super confident because she thought everyone knew who she was? Or no, because it's like, oh, she's super confident because, like, everybody knows oh, she was the one at Comic-Con. But then, like, five minutes later, we find out that people still are very – don't know who the identity of this mysterious enhanced individual. Because they really all – everyone knows what happened based on uh, Zoe's live stream that she was doing. Yeah. So I, that – I really liked how confident she was. But then she kind of – I was like, oh, is she confident because everybody knows? Or she's just, you know – confident for herself and she doesn't really care what everybody else thinks yeah i definitely think she had that air of being confident just because she knew what happened and while other people did while they and they didn't necessarily know it was her she knew it was her Mm -hmm. so she was able to be like oh all these people think i'm awesome and they don't know i'm talking that they're talking about me but they are and then to your point then you know the whole zoe thing came about sort of deflated her because zoe was 
getting a lot more of the attention for being the victim than being the person who was actually the superhero in that moment. But yeah, I thought it was funny as all heck when she walks in. Just it, it gave me it was very reminiscent of early 2000s, in my opinion, some mm-hmm. of those movie scenes where they just they do the slow mo through the wall like or through the hall. And, you know, of course, they have a handshake with everybody and all that. So I really Characters love that doing scene. the finger gun. Yeah, just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> finger guns to everybody. The teachers high fiving everything. But I do have to bring up because, and Taylor would be mad if I didn't mention it. Back in our predictions <laughs> episode, it. yeah. <laughs> Back in our predictions episode, we were talking a lot about her inhuman past and how we weren't really sure how that was going to work, especially now that we see that she had the bracelet. And then in the first episode, we were questioning, does she have the power from the bracelet or does she, like, is she able to take it off and is it now power coming from within her? Taylor had a theory that she already had something within her that the bracelet essentially powered up so that the bracelet was no longer giving her the power. It just activated it within her. Mm-hmm. I have to give it to her. And I know when she'll be listening to this, she'll be happy that I did. She was correct. We did get the confirmation that the bracelet activated a gene or some something Honestly, we aren't sure of that yet, but something inside of Kamala that is what gives her her power. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, because Bruno showed her kind of that, like, infrared scan of her body, whatever that was. And it was like, oh, it's not coming from the bangle. It's coming from from you. And I thought it was interesting because I think there's a, a comparison could be made with, you know, Thor and Mjolnir, where Mjolnir was just a way for Thor to control his power. Thor had the power the whole time. Mjolnir was just a way to kind of control it and learn it. So I think that's a cool comparison. So like the bangle for Kamala is what Mjolnir is to Thor. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if if that makes sense, but. No, that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, I didn't even think about that. And I like that you put it that way and that you saw that um, because I never would have made that comparison on my own. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually really, really like that. And I think it's it's interesting because it opens a lot of doors. So actually, you talking about Thor opens this door even further because Thor's is deeply ingrained in his family. I mean, his family are all gods. That's the whole thing behind him. He obviously is a god. Not saying Kamala is, but we got a lot more insight to the fact that whatever is within her that the Bengal activated is familial. Mm-hmm. It is in their line. It is a story further back, and we're getting... We saw a little bit of a hint in episode one when her mom saw the bangle and was not very happy with it. We knew there was something, but we're getting a lot more of those little breadcrumbs moving throughout this episode, especially on there's something within her line and there's something bigger to this map, not magic, I guess, her power (laughs) that she has now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting because to, you know, to Kamala, it's something wonderful, mysterious and great. But for to me, it seems like it's something that brought great shame to her family, especially her mom has said, I think, like once or twice in, in this episode that it's like it's we don't talk about it. It's great shame. And when in the first episode, when she first got when Kamala first got the, the bangle and opened the box, her mom's like, no, this is junk and stored it away in the attic, hoping that nobody or that Kamala just forgets about it. So it's interesting that. And I think that's kind of like a running thread throughout these first two episodes is that Kamala wants to grow up. She wants to be, you know, a high schooler. She wants to, you know, have crushes on boys and she wants to, you know, be smart and confident and learn more about herself. And I mean, I guess it's really just her, her, her mom is the one who's kind of like limiting her. And it's like, this isn't you. Like you're like trying to kind of like put, not put her down. I'm struggling to find the words. But so it's it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out in later episodes where, you know, is the mom always going to be the one who's kind of like brings her back down to earth? Or will there be in later episodes where, um, you know, her mom's more accepting of, okay, my daughter's growing up, I need to kind of give her some slack, so to speak. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I actually was sort of thinking now I know a lot of this is culturally based. I mean, her family is comfortable straight from Pakistan. So I I definitely understand from having friends who had sort of that background and grew up in that background that I understand the parents can be a little bit more protective. And so we see a lot of that. But I almost start to wonder if her mom 
with whatever knowledge she has about her family line, knows there's something with Kamala that won't mix well or might mix too well with whatever the history of their family is. Mm -hmm. And keeping that bangle away from her, I think, was something she wanted to do and didn't think she'd go after it because she didn't think anything of it. And so I almost wonder if her concern for her also doubles as there's something bigger in that family and we're still just slowly getting bits and pieces of it. Uh, it sounds like it's the great grandmother, I believe, or. Yeah, that's what I think. But I, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. Cause it seems like maybe the, uh, her mom sees something within her that's worrisome. So maybe it's not so much trying to, you know, rein her, you know, high schoolness or teenagerness in, and it's more just protecting her. But from our standpoint and from Kamala's standpoint, she's just kind of being a mean mom. But I'm sure from her mom's perspective, she's just trying to protect her daughter or save her daughter from whatever it may be. And I I thought it was cool that we kind of got a little bit more info on the Bengal through these visions. I think that happened once or twice in this episode that were just kind of like, to me, seemed like just like panic attacks or anxiety attack or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to push too far into the next part. But I have to ask this question because I wasn't sure, and I don't know if you took any notice. But the woman who's introduced as, and I don't remember his name, <laughs> and I have to apologize, but the guy she's crushing on, um, he introduces his mom at the end of the episode. And I couldn't remember, because it had happened so quickly, that during those flashbacks, or flashes, I guess, if that was the same woman or not, and I couldn't tell. I don't know if you happened to... I don't know. Yeah, I was also kind of confused about that because, like, I just assumed um, the woman in the visions was Kamala's great-great-grandma. Yeah. But then, obviously, when she shows up at the very end of this episode, she's kind of a young, you know, probably middle-aged woman. So I was also confused about that. But I, I when I was doing my research for this episode, so I knew all the characters names because I didn't want to mess up on any of them but <laughs> the one I read a plot synopsis and at the very end I mean who knows if it's legitimate it's just some random plot synopsis I found online but it said that the woman who shows up in the back of Kamaran's car is the woman from Kamala's visions okay so I don't know necessarily if it's her great grandma but I do think the woman at the end is the woman from her visions. Okay. So I was also very confused. So I needed to to look it up after I watched the episode. Yeah, I was going to, and unfortunately didn't have the time to. But I, I was like, she kind of looks, especially from that second vision when we saw her a little more clearly. I was like, she kind of looks like her. And then she has that ominous line of, you know, we've been waiting for you. Or I've been waiting for you for a long time or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, to your point, we can't confirm it, but we'll also go along with it and say that we believe that that is the same person. Whether or not it is her great-grandmother or not, I'm sure we'll find out in the next episode since she's now in the car and going who knows where. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I think it's interesting that she's having almost these outbursts of power that she can't contain. And I think it's kind of reminiscent to me of Captain Marvel when we were in her movie and the way that she was being so held back by the Kree because they didn't want her to expose all her powers. And now it feels like Kamala's almost having the opposite problem where she has all the power to her that she can't control it. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because they did that cute little uh, training montage in the beginning, which I really liked of trying to do push-ups and like figuring it out. It reminded me a lot, not to mention a DC movie <laughs> on a Marvel podcast, but the training scene from Shazam where they're like trying to figure out Shazam's power. So I thought that was really cool and a fun way to kind of hone her powers. But to me, it's like, I think that from what we got out of that training montage was that her, her, her ability to kind of project I don't know, what are we going to call them? Like light beams, light par particles? Yeah. As like stepping stones? Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know what's a crystals kind of. It kind of looks crystallized. Yeah, like maybe like light crystals, maybe? Yeah, sure. Maybe we'll they'll coin the term later. Yeah. But I think that's what she got out of that training montage was just the ability to do kind of like the stepping stone things. So I'm guessing in later, I mean, not to, you know, talk too much about future episodes, but I'm guessing maybe she does more training montages and she figures out more about how to harness her powers 
because obviously she needs it. I mean, the boy almost died because she, uh, I guess her powers were interrupted by this vision of the woman that she was seeing. And so I think hopefully that's addressed in later episodes because I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, since we saw in the first episode where she extended her arm to catch Zoe uh, after she got hit by Thor's hammer, obviously she has a lot more powers than just the stepping stones. So I'm wondering, I'm hope. I mean, I think it'd be really cool just to see how extensive her abilities are because I think that's something that sometimes most superheroes it's like they're one trick ponies you know they have super strength they you know yeah they can shoot a bow and arrow but like it seems like to me that Kamala is going to be like a like a Swiss army knife so to speak of of superpowers yeah I actually when you bring up the montage and I have to say I thought it was really funny because everything about this show so far for me has been or has had a relatable aspect and even the first episode I fell in love with this character just because I was like, yeah, I see myself five years ago when I was 16 being the same way. And so seeing her do the thing that I think all of us would do if we had superpowers and just be like, well, I can't do this because so I'm not like Ant-Man and I can't do this. So I'm not like Cap and I can't <laughs> do like she was just was like, well, I don't know what I can do other than this. So yeah. I I think like I thought that was just so funny watching her do it because I'm it's like I do the same thing. I would sit there and, and just be like, well, I, I don't know. But yeah, I definitely, I want to see more of what she can do. I'm going to be really intrigued, and I only bring this up because of Captain Marvel specifically. I'll be intrigued to see if she has the ability to sort of fly or use her little light crystal thingies to essentially propel herself. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with Miss Marvel's uh, usual powers in the comics, just because she's not really one I keep up with. Mm-hmm. But I also know they've changed them quite a bit from that we got into that discussion already so no need to bring that back up but i am very intrigued to see what else she can do and to your point she definitely needs to work to harness them because she was playing the hero but there's a lot of responsibility that comes down to playing the hero and i just keep thinking about her and i connect her to spider-man so much both with their age but also just we didn't really get to see this with our peter in the mcu so i feel like i'm finally also getting to see what he was like when he was getting his powers and figuring out what he could do. So I don't know. I'm excited to see where she goes with it, though. There's definitely a lot of potential, I think. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you made a connection to to Spider-Man, because to me, this, like, at, at least in the first two episodes, just her being a kid in high school, going through the struggles that, you know, you and I went through when we were in high school, albeit separate experiences, obviously, but... <laughs> To me, it's like, that's what I kind of wanted out of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies yeah. was more grounded. He's just a high schooler. But then like in, you know, not to not to talk about Spider-Man, because obviously <laughs> he's talked about a lot on this podcast. Oh, but yeah. He's like off in Europe in the second movie. And he's always getting help from, you know, Tony, from Nick Fury, from uh, Doctor Strange. And so what these two first episodes have been have been a very grounded. She's on her own. She's discovering her powers she has, you know, great friends to help her out, but she's like still understanding her powers is kind of what I wanted out of I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the Tom Holland trilogy was great and I loved it, but I kind of, this is what I would have expected out of a Spider-Man storyline, which I thought was interesting. And I know you said, you know, these powers come great responsibility. I'm like, oh, can we not quote with great power comes great responsibility? We're just going to wash over that. Yeah. But I, I, it's interesting that you mentioned Spider-Man because I kind of made that connection after. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like this is kind of feels like a Spider-Man story, but it also is something that we've never, ever seen before in the MCU. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that's the best part of it is that while we didn't get it with Tom Holland, we're getting it now with Kamala and we're seeing, you know, I, I don't feel like we always see a lot of the heroes learning their abilities. Mm-hmm. I think especially those who have some of the more magical abilities. And if we do, they're adults. It's not funny. It's not. They're just kind of doing what they have to do. I think a good example would be Doctor Strange. We obviously see him learn magic and everything, but he's learning it and he takes it very seriously because he wants to learn it quickly. Mm-hmm. And he has his motives and all of that. And I mean, Cap is becomes the super soldier. And that's really, I love Cap, but that's really Cap's thing is just being a super soldier. <laughs> so, yep. you know, I, I do wish we got a little bit more of having that 
that young take on what it's like to become a, a superhero at a young age and what it what it really is to juggle it. Mm-hmm. So I just love seeing it. I, I love everything about her just acting like a fool all the time, but it's just, it's who she is. And then you just have her as a hero. And I think that's awesome. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited as more and more of it comes out. And I think her friends, I know you mentioned earlier, some of the character development with her friends were a lot more prevalent during this. And I think it's really awesome to see her friends are obviously, or at least Bruno, I know is aware um, and is very supportive of her. There's obviously two seems to be some feelings brewing underneath there Mm -hmm. so i think that's interesting he's also like ned who's the man in the chair but he's very very not saying that ned's not gifted but he's (laughs) very bruno's very gifted yeah like beyond everything so i'm really excited to see obviously we're hearing he might get a chance to go to california and be gone for a little bit so i'm I'm anxious to see how that goes because I would really like to see how their dynamic works as he continues to help her come into her own. Yeah, and I think that was really interesting. I wrote down on my notes uh, that, like, Bruno seemed like... I mean, he's... I guess we've seen this a couple times in, like, coming of age... And that's what this really feels like. It's like, It feels like a coming-of-age high school movie, which is really cool because we really have never got that in the MCU before. And so I thought it was interesting. I'll get to my the point I was making about Bruno in a second because I want to talk about how like Kamala she's just so relatable. She feels like someone I would have hung out with in high school. Oh, yeah. Like definitely would have been in my friend group, obviously because she nerds out about Marvel stuff and so did I. And so <laughs> I I do still, but it was it's it's like for the first time in a long time that I've really kind of related to a high school aged character because a lot of times in movies when they try to write high school dialogue it comes off as like oh a grown person wrote this you know yeah but like watching the first two episodes and especially in this episode it's like yeah like Kamala's doing things and saying things and making the same mistakes that high schoolers make. And so I, I'm, I'd be curious to uh, look up who, who are the writers for the show are and what they've done in the past. But to me, it's like, it's finally like a super relatable high school character, not only in the MCU, but just in general. So I thought it's just so cool because, you know, her friends are people that I would want to hang out with. They're so funny and quirky and you go the high. I mean, we see a lot of highs and we see a lot of lows so far in the first two episodes. So I just thought Kamala is like someone I would want to hang out with. Yeah. And I think it's it, it's cool to see interviews with the actress. I'm forgetting her name. But she also seems like the same person on and off screen, which I think is really cool. Because I think the actress is really into Marvel stuff just on her own. And that's probably why she got cast. Yeah. And it's I, I don't remember her last name currently, but I know her first name is Amon. But I also have been watching a lot of her interviews. And I just... Like, if I met her, she would instantaneously be somebody I would want to be best friends with. Mm -hmm. Just, like, the way she is, I I mean, she seems very personable as as someone who, you know, is acting. I mean, not to dig on actors, but you never know. (laughs) Yeah. But I do feel like she is Kamala in real life. And so I think there's such a great aspect to that. And you just... The mix is amazing, so I, I really do enjoy seeing it. And to your point, you know, it is very much a coming of age. And I I appreciate that because I think we've gotten some dark, dark things in Phase 4. And by dark, I mean every character has cried <laughs> over something very traumatic. It's been super depressing so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, MOM just came out about, uh, what, a month and a half ago. So... Yeah, it's nice to kind of have a little bit of a coming of age and just a lighthearted. And yes, it has its darkness, and I want to get into that in a second, but it's nice to see it. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because as of recent memory, it feels like ever since the first uh, Joss Whedon Avengers movie, every single movie afterwards was like directly tied to the MCU, obviously on purpose um, for the Infinity Saga, but... In Phase 4, it seems like there's always some sort of tie. Up until Moon Knight, there's all, there's always been some sort of tie to past MCU movies and characters. It's like there's always a name drop. Like in Eternals, they're talking about like, oh, since Iron Man's dead and Cap's old, who's going to be the new lead of the Avengers? But now it's like we really don't have, outside of the Department of Damage Control, we really don't have any other connections 
directly. I mean, obviously there's AvengerCon and Kamala loves the Avengers, but to me, it's like, it seems like it's set up on its own colorful, unique world. And I really like that vibe because it's like, I feel like I'm more watching, you know, like we said, a coming of age or like a, not a rom-com, but like a young like drama comedy because obviously like you said like we'll touch on a little bit like the darker side of these episodes but to me it's like it doesn't really feel like an mcu project it feels like a high school movie set in the mcu but it's a tv show and i thought that's kind of that's that was a really uh enjoyable for me at least yeah i agree and actually you brought up the eternals and i had to ask because this was another thing that i didn't know if i just was listening too much and overthinking but was there a name drop of Kingo in this? I, f- I thought they mentioned it, and I didn't know if they were talking about as, like the eternal Kingo or just somebody named Kingo. <laughs> so what thoughts? I don't remember, but it would make sense because um, Kamala and Kamarin were talking about Bollywood movies. And we know that he was a Bollywood star in the Eternals when he wasn't, you know, being an Eternal. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and see. But I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't. I don't think I picked up on that. Yeah. Well, I, some of the reason I pick up on things tends to be because I, I have the credit things or the captions on. <laughs> so, like, I see it and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the reason I also thought it might have been Kingo as in, like, Eternals Kingo was... I'm pretty sure they make a comment about somebody liking Senior Kingo. And I remember it, when we see the Eternals, Kingo's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, it's my family lineage that he set up that, you know, the past seven generations have been him just pretending to be the father and then the son and then the next son and, the, and down all the generations. Yeah. So I sort of was like, oh, I wonder if she's referring to Kingo as current Kingo's dad in his, you know, dynasty that he created in Bollywood but I had to laugh because I was like if they're talking about Kingo that just makes it even funnier to me but also the Eternals are a cosmic team yeah I guess group I group's probably better than team especially with how they stand after Eternals ended but you know there's a possibility of connections going on I don't expect Miss Marvel to stay forever in Jersey City especially with the Marvels coming so I would be intrigued to see if this is maybe a slight egg for us to look for later on that maybe we'll have some sort of connection with the Eternals moving forward or that the Bangle maybe has some connection to these cosmic things such as Shang-Chi's rings that we have been throwing around. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great question because, like, it definitely seems like it's leading. I think it's leading to a variety or many different connections or opportunities to connect to past projects and to past movies because we know in the end or the mid credit scene for shang chi it's like something was the the rings were sending out a signal yeah we and we don't we i don't think we've quite found out or figured out yet what that means and so maybe was that you know maybe shang chi's rings are connected to kamala's bangle or, or something like that so it would be interesting to see because I'm assuming Captain Marvel might show up at some point. So I feel like that seems like the obvious connection to the greater, bigger MCU. But yeah, so that's it's interesting that you said that. But I, I'm like, where where does it go from here? And so I'm wondering also, speaking of connections to the MCU, was the same guy who was interrogating Kamala was it the same Department of Damage Control guy who was interrogating Peter and his friends? Was the same? Yeah. Same character. Yeah. Okay. I knew I recognized him. Okay, that's where I knew. Okay. All right. Well, since you you opened the can of of worms, let's jump right into this. So this was huge last episode because it was the end credit scene, and we see this guy, and obviously we talked about it a little bit. So no need for us to go into that part. But now we we see him again, and we see him questioning Zoe. And first off, can I just say, wow, between him and that lady, I was like. You guys are freaking me out. Like, you're really... Really intimidating. I was scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting there. My notes literally just go, dude, who are these people? Because I was so just thrown off with how quickly he changed face. Yeah. And obviously, we already felt that he was red flaggy from last episode, the way he was acting. He seems a lot more involved in this than just it being 
you know, a government organization or anything of that, although government organizations don't fare well in the MCU. No, they do not. Yeah. Any organization should just not exist because they're usually corrupt to some degree. Mm -hmm. But this episode, what really struck me was not only how him and that woman were acting, but then they are honed in already on at least the bangle Mm -hmm. and the idea of it. They're, They're aware. And so... If you, and it was almost like a throwaway line, you really didn't, if you weren't paying enough attention, you kind of just wouldn't have even have thought of it. But he was describing that they've had people staking out community centers and mosques. And specifically those areas in that, in the more Middle Eastern cultural areas. Mm-hmm. So to me, that means that he knows a lot about this bangle already without needing to know a lot about this bangle. And immediately my brain is still going, these people have to be Cree or they have to be Skrull. There is no way they are regular people. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I did notice that I think the the drones that featured in this episode, were they uh, Stark Tech from uh, Mysterio's Drones? Oh, yeah. I have it in all caps. Are those the Stark Drones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think at the end, or uh, not the end, but like towards the beginning of uh, No Way Home, they talked about how like, I don't know, I don't know if they mentioned the Department of Damage Control or some some government group seized Stark Industries and, and seized all this technology. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, are those the drones? Uh, <laughs> so it's now they're like, it's kind of funny because the drones are now a side character somehow in the MCU. Yeah, they have their, their reoccurring areas. Yeah. And so the the drones have always been like a signal of, you know, bad guys. So I'm wondering, is that a sign? Because obviously some the the Department of Damage Control kind of sounds like the Department of Sewer and Water for like a city. It sounds like some like public works entity, but obviously they're up to no good. So I'm wondering, you know, what their what their deal is. I I feel like we we didn't really learn. I mean, obviously we met the main guy, the main inter- I don't blanking on it. I don't even know if his name has been said, but yeah, obviously I'm we met sure. him in No Way Home. But it's like we don't really understand. Like, are they part of the U.S. government? Are they their own entity? But I think you make a good point. It's like they're probably not human. That they were probably sent to Earth by I don't know. Maybe Nick Fury, who's up on the Kree ship. Maybe Old Man Steve on the moon. Who knows? So I'm, I'm, I am I'm. think that's a great point. So they're, I don't think they're human. Like, obviously, they have to be some sort I'm, – I'm guessing. And obviously, we don't want to make too many bold predictions. But I think you're right. Like, there's a high – there's a very good chance that they're Cree because I, I'm, we're talking about future projects. But down the road, Secret Invasion is coming up sooner than people think. So I'm wondering if maybe Department of Damage Control is a setup for something Cree-related – later on. But I think that's a great point. I don't think they're just like some random government group thrown in the MCU. Obviously, they're going to probably have some bigger connection. But that's really interesting. I didn't think about the Kree. But yeah, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, even if they're a government group, you know, it's not to say they're not infiltrated to some degree. And I mean, the Skrull and the Kree are essentially at war. They've been at war. And the reason I say Either or right now is only because Secret Invasion is based off of the Skrulls essentially being the bad guys. So right now, for us, so the Kree is bad, but that could change and flip-flop. So we still don't know for sure it could flip-flop in this show. But I definitely think it's an alien entity. Either it is infiltrating this government group or they've managed to take part of it. Granted, this has been around since, well... Avengers, the first Avengers, which would have been 2012, Mm -hmm. because they're the group who came in and took all of the alien leftovers, essentially. But that's also important to note. They have all of that alien technology. They have the Stark drones that we've now seen a possible reappearance of. And they've already flagged Kamala for her bangle. They don't know it's her yet, although because she was masked up, but they're very close to at this point, you can tell. They have a lot of information and a lot of powerful weapons that are sitting just there. I would have to think for people who are at war, that would be a really important thing to have, weapons. Yeah. (laughs) Especially alien and regular, like, I think about Tony. I mean, those drones are amazing or what he created. So I just, the way that they knew immediately as soon as they saw her appearance in that video and that it was in... Well, it was at Camp Lehigh, but in that area, 
and they knew who to be like the the group of people to be looking at you just you don't just know that they know that power they recognize the power that was coming from that bangle Mm -hmm. and that is just i'm sorry but that's just not a human that like i would nobody's sitting there in our world like oh yeah that definitely comes from some ancient bangle that's been passed down a family generation exactly yeah, because they they didn't seem surprised. Like they kind of seem. I think that I think I I can't remember the line exactly, but I think they're basically were just like you know we've never seen levels like this before. Not oh we've never seen this before. It's we have not seen this to this kind of level. So I think you're completely right, and I guess we don't know because you know Kamala didn't get hit. But I wonder if those weapons that they were firing at her were like to kill, to stun. Yeah, like. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see like what kind of their intentions are. I, I'd imagine that they just kind of want to capture her and I don't know, test, make her a test subject, just interrogate her. But hopefully they weren't, you know, shooting to kill. Cause that's kind of, you know, you're going to shoot, try to kill a 16 year old. It's a uh, kind of extreme. Yeah. <laughs> kind of dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would, that'd be dark even for the MCU. And we've gone there lately, but I, I also just think with her and her power, I mean, there's no reason to kill her when if Bruno was able to figure out the fact that the Bengals only activating the power within her, mm-hmm. that it was already somewhat dormant or whatever. I can't not think that they're somewhere in that or as well and aware that she is the power, whether she continues to wear the bangle or not. Fine. But it, all it is doing is activating, or all it already did, I should say even, is activating whatever gene or whatever was inside of her. And so my thought is that they would want her as her, who she is as a power and what she's able to do. I mean, yeah. there are how many enhanced individuals out there, and they're not doing anything about them. Mm-hmm. But immediately, like even when they had Spider-Man, they knew when they knew he was Spider-Man, they didn't do anything. I mean, they... There were literal charges they were trying to bring to him, but nothing of bigger extent. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting. And you brought up the levels thing and that I thought about it and I was like, well, what if the whole thing with the great grandmother? Now, this is going to be a theory, everyone. But the whole thing with the great grandmother is that she brought shame upon the family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the assumption that the great grandmother wore the bangle. So it has something to do with that would explain why the mom has such distaste for it and everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right? And so my thought is, if the grandmother or the great-grandmother wore it, maybe she wasn't able to control it. Notice how Kamala's struggling to control it. And whatever she did, I mean, even when the aunties were all talking and all saying these horrible things she did, I almost wonder if there's a truth in it for the sake of, like, even when they said, oh, she killed a man, Mm -hmm. but if it was an accident and she couldn't control what was going on and maybe it killed her. Fast forward, now you have Kamala, and I think the difference is, is this might be where we're getting a little bit of there might be an introduction of Inhuman somewhere, mm-hmm. and that she maybe already had something predisposed that she can handle more of the power, and that she can handle what the bangle is giving to her. So while she's maybe overdoing it right now, and she's maybe struggling at the moment, we're not going to see that forever. That is just the the growing pains of this, but I think that she has the ability to be very, very powerful. And they're well aware that they haven't been able to see somebody harness this power before. Yeah. And I think building off your point about ability, uh, one of the lines that I thought was pretty interesting was Kamala's dad was like, that's why we moved to America. So our children could be whatever they wanted to be. And then her mom chimes in and says almost anything. So I think the mom definitely knows a lot more about the, you know, the bangle and its powers and, yeah. and the family heritage of, you know, enhanced individuals. So it, it, I thought that line was interesting because obviously it kind of also goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the two sides where I feel like the dad is more on, you know, Kamala's side where like they want, he wants her, his daughter to go out and have, try new things and be whoever she wants to be and become the person that she's meant to be. Whereas the mom knows if she continues go if she go if he goes down that road then bad things are going to happen or at least they have in the past and she's just trying to prevent her daughter from doing that so that's what i thought was was interesting was that that line is like we moved here for opportunity but not all opportunities yeah. so i'm sure maybe that'll come back in in later episodes but i thought that was a really a line that kind of stuck out for me kind of just emphasized itself 
as I was watching this episode. Yeah, and I mean, that. Uh, to your point, this goes back to even the thought of, is part of it cultural? Yes. But is the other part of it that her mom is well aware of something that she's been trying to keep Kamala so far away from that, like, pretty much the opposite's happened? I think so. I mean, whatever it is, it, I mean, Kamala even said in the first episode, it's cosmic, and she knows it is. And so you have a daughter who obsesses over Captain Marvel, probably the literal most cosmic person to walk the Earth and the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Of course she wants to burst that bubble. Of course she wants to steer her away from all of that. She doesn't want her to open a door because she can tell her daughter wants it. Her her daughter would love to live that life. Mm -hmm. And so... I definitely think there have been a lot of good lines this episode, especially that you've also pointed out quite a few of them that definitely go to show that there's more to what they're just saying. There's definitely some underlying meanings underneath a lot of them. And we just need to be paying attention because I'm sure there's going to be some interesting things to come. But that brings me to my question of, what do you think is going to happen in episode three with what we've learned now in episode two? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think the obvious thing is that the Department of Damage Control is going to continue to try to find her. I have a feeling they're going to catch up with her in episode three. So maybe that maybe episode three ends with them finally, you know, taking her in for questioning or whatever they plan on doing with her. But in the meantime, I think you touched on this earlier. So, uh, like, Bruno, he got an offer to go to is a Caltech. Yeah. Which, obviously, I I mean, I don't know much about Caltech, but I imagine it's a very prestigious university. And especially for him to go a semester early and for it all, all to be free, I feel like that offer is too enticing to pass up. But in the moment, and I love the guidance counselor character. He's just <laughs> so funny and, uh, like... I feel like a, that's what gui most guidance counselors were in high school, was just oh, like yeah. this relatively young person, very relatable, you know, likes memes and likes to have fun with the students, but also be serious. And so the guidance counselor was like, this is like the big movie opportunity. You got to take it. But Bruno seemed very hesitant. So I'm wondering, he's probably like, it, it's kind of too obvious, but it seems like he has a thing for Kamala. I think that's kind of obvious because whenever Kamala was flirting with Kamran, he was clearly, like, upset. Yeah. So I'm wondering if when he, he didn't want to say yes immediately, he said he wanted time to think about it, was because, oh, I, you know, what about Kamala? But then he, it was, it's been made more and more clear that Kamala has the crush on uh, Kamran. And I think that might be what pushes him. It's like, oh, well, she's obsessed with him. Why not just go off for a semester? So I'm guessing maybe in episode three that happens. We don't see a lot of Bruno. In episode three, it's really more focused on uh, Kamala and this mysterious woman who appeared in the back of Kamran's car. So I'd imagine we're going to get a lot more background info in episode three of the visions. And maybe we'll get it confirmed that the, the mysterious woman in the back of the car is the same woman as Kamala's visions. So I'm, I'm guessing we'll just get a lot more background on, you know, why her mom thinks that this bangle and its powers have brought so much shame on her family. So I'm guessing maybe episode three will be like more of a, a background episode where we'll get a lot of answers to the questions that we've been having. Cause I mean, a lot of things have made sense in the first two episodes, but there's also been a handful of things where like, wait, where is this going? What does this mean? Who is this person? So I think, I think maybe episode three will be like an answers episode where we kind of get the information we need so that way, you know, the following episodes can just be more about building onto the future while also looking on the past. Because I definitely think we need that episode. We need an episode that explains things. And I have a feeling that's what episode three is going to be about. Yeah. No, actually, I agree. My definite thing that I believe we're going to get, whether we have full confirmation of who the lady in the car ends up being or not, we're definitely going to get a further backstory and fill in whatever holes we've been getting from episode two. But on top of that, I'm going to ask again, it's Kamran? Kamran, yeah, I, I think so. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, too. Just to give some background, and I know I, I think this was mentioned in the predictions episode, he becomes an inhuman at one point. Hmm. So, obviously, we don't know how that's working in this show yet, but I can't rule him out yet to be a bad guy, necessarily, and he could be just as much be a helpful person for her. So I, I do think that she'll get a lot of answers for in the next episode. I think we'll see a lot more of her powers being showcased because she will be 
possibly getting semi-mentored by this lady mm-hmm. who maybe she wore the bangle or she knows enough about it that she's able to help Kamala. Watch it be completely wrong and they're like totally evil and try and take her power. That kind of Because that usually is what happens. Yeah. But I definitely also agree with the whole Bruno line. I think... He stayed one because I think he has an interest in Kamala, but I also think now she's a superhero and he gets to do all this cool stuff and be her guy in the chair. Mm -hmm. And that's what he loves because he loves to build and create. And, you know, he's so good with tech and I think he can help her harness a lot of what is going on. But I also think, you know, she is going down a different path to figuring out what the bangle is and where her powers come from that are that is very far away from his technology and what he can do. So I think that will push him further away. Do I think we'll lose him right away? No, but do I think we'll have him forever? I mean, I don't see Marvel setting a kid up to be able to be going a semester early to a very prestigious college and being like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would just be a really bad message (laughs) to be sending. Right. So I do think we'll see him go, but I think he will also help Kamala harness a lot of her power. And I'm not sure if we'll see the Department of... Oh my gosh, why am I suddenly blanking on the name of it? Damage Control. Thank you. The Department of Damage Control. I was going to say defense, and I was like, it's definitely not defense. (laughs) I don't know if we'll see them catch up with Kamala next episode, but I do think they might catch up with Bruno. Mm -hmm. And my theory with that is just, they're clearly in the area, they know enough, and so I wonder if there is going to be a trace somewhere, left somewhere. Keep in mind, I mean... He made her those gloves for her costume that just disappeared. Whether Now, that could probably be just a little, like, thing that happened, and I'm just going to pick it up and say that it means a lot. But he clearly is smart. If they ever found that, because they might have been the ones and probably were the ones to investigate, there could be a connection to him. Mm -hmm. So I think it would make a lot of sense to possibly bring him in. I wonder if they will make him their pawn Mm -hmm. and not even necessarily to work against her but to make her work for them and to sort of manipulate her so not saying that's happening in episode three that could be a long that's kind of a long run uh so that could be like the rest of the show but i do think we might now that we've seen them bring in zoe i wouldn't be surprised if we're gonna see them bring in bruno and nakia and, and whoever else before they can figure out it's Kamala. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, unfortunately for him, Bruno might be used as a bait, almost. Yeah. It'll be interesting, because I I feel like Bruno, he's like a ride-or-die friend. He's obviously not going to say anything, so I don't think they're going to get any information out of him. I mean, again, obviously all this is theoretical, but I, I genuinely think he'll just be, like you said, a pawn, or be used as bait, because I just don't see him. But then it's also, too, it's like, the two characters from the Department of Damage Control are, like, really intimidating and, and good at interrogating. So I'm wondering if maybe they'll they'll use his Caltech yeah. opportunity as, like, hey, man, this isn't going to look good. Caltech's not going to want, like, I don't know, they're probably going to pin him as, like, a fugitive or, like, aid to a criminal. Yeah. They're not going to like that, so you better tell us what we want to know. So I'm wondering if maybe... Because they, they obviously, Caltech's going to come into play somehow. So maybe it's going to be used as like a way to manipulate Bruno. Hopefully not, because it seems like Bruno's a pretty tough kid. But I don't know. Once you get in a room and they, they do the bad, the happy guys, like flip, switch flip mean, like it's, I don't know. I feel like secrets will come out, especially like with Ned. Ned was pretty easy, (laughs) easily manipulated into giving answers. (laughs) Well, I was actually just about to say, similar to what they did to MJ and Ned, though, the manipulation, I mean, MJ did a lot better, obviously, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm pretty sure they brought up MIT at some point to manipulate them into being like, this is your future. And if you don't talk and you continue to stand by him, you're throwing it away. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't think us finding out that he was getting in a semester early and had this amazing opportunity was just for like, Whatever, you know, I definitely don't think that was an, uh, a just small little thing that they were like, oh, look how amazing Bruno is. So it's going to be a plot device. I'm looking forward to it. But 
That's all I got. You got anything left? No. I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. I think uh, we saw a lot of growth in this episode. And I think Kamala got a lot more confidence. And I think she grew up a lot because she went from the first episode from being, you know, kind of a shy. I mean, you're a typical high schooler. Most high schoolers aren't these cool, suave, confident beings. Yeah. They're going through changes, new experiences. Anyone who's been a high schooler knows exactly what we're talking about and how relatable these experiences are. But she really has taken a step in the right direction of becoming a more mature, confident person in the second episode. So, yeah, I mean, that's just I really did like how it kind of, like you said, started off a little bit slow. But now towards the end, it's like, okay, like, you know, SHIT just got real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really my final thought. I just I really like this episode because I think it really built off the first episode well. Yeah, I think that was the best way to summarize it was, well, maybe it started off a little slow. We definitely picked up a lot (laughs) at that ending bit. So I agree. I agree. But we have reached the end of our Miss Marvel episode two coverage. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. You're going to have to bear with me because I'm not used to doing the whole spiel at the end. But I'll do a little summarized version of what I know. (laughs) But first off, I want to thank Davis again for coming and covering for Taylor while she had a scheduling conflict. Of course. We deeply appreciate it and hope all listeners like having Davis on every once in a while as well. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) And so to get into all of it, make sure you guys subscribe, obviously, to the podcast on whatever platform that you prefer. And along with the blog that we have that corresponds with everything, I post a coverage blog post about every week, every time an episode comes out. So I just add a little bit of extra stuff here and there and also do a little bit of a summary of what we talked about in the episodes. So definitely make sure you check those out and you follow the blog. I also know that we have some playlists up on Spotify, so check those out. Music playlists, we also have them to our actual episodes. So just go to Spotify, it's a great place to be. And lastly is our Twitter, it's Let's Talk MFT. We have all of our blog and podcast episodes that get posted on there, so you can find links to them right there, along with any theories or just Marvel news that we either tweet ourselves because we find out or we come up with or we share them with others. So definitely go and follow that. That's an easy place to make sure you're keeping up with us. Next week, we will be covering Miss Marvel episode three. And then just to kind of get you guys prepared, keep in mind that our coverage of Thor Love and Thunder will be coming up. Not yet, but soon. So just make sure that you guys are paying attention to that because we will be having some double episodes coming up. So be prepared. Hope you guys are loving Miss Marvel, because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.